We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, the Breeders' Cup uh, will be Friday and Saturday at Santa Anita. There are five Breeders' Cup races on Friday, and then the rest are on Saturday. Uh, Brad's with us, as always. As you know, everyone wants us to get to all the races. So what we're going to do here so that we can get them all in, uh, on the Friday races, except the uh, juvenile, which is the two-year-olds who set up for the Derby next year, I will uh, get a quick thought on each race from Brad. We'll work on the juvenile, and then we'll get to the key races on Saturday, and, and, and we'll spend some extra time on a couple of the Saturday, including the Classic. Brad, welcome. How are you? I'm great, Mike. How's it going? All right, Brad. Uh, the, we start with the uh, turf sprint on Friday, five furlongs on the turf, What's your thoughts on the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint? A limited number of uh, turf sprints at Santa Anita going five-eighths with the rails all the way down, and they haven't been all the way down since October 5th, have actually gone to horses sitting in the first third of the pack. Uh, one horse rally from way off the pace, no front-running winners. That's a little bit surprising. I'm going to take a shot with the sixth alligator alley. Uh, who uh, has really improved with a focus on five furlong racing on firmer ground. Uh, he blew the start last time out, misbehaved, and then broke slowly. He's had time to work on his gate habits. He puts blinkers on with a better break. I think he can upset the nine four-wheel drive, who's the likeliest winner. Okay, so it's uh, it's Alligator Alley over four-wheel drive. Is that, the, is that it? That is it, with the seven Kamari and the two-band practice there as well. Seven and the two. Okay. The next race is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, one mile on the turf. Uh, two-year-old uh, turf horses, all right, the uh, Colts. Um, your thoughts on this race? With the rails all the way down going long on turf at Santa this year, Mike, Horses sitting mid-pack and coming from well off the pace had been advantaged. Uh, front runners have been disadvantaged, as they have been in uh, the 5 eight sprints. I'm looking at the Ford Decorated Invader. Uh, he's improving, well-rested. He's somewhat tactical. He's handled one turn and two. He's handled all kinds of ground. He's been moving strongest of all at the end of each of his races. I think he can get first run here ahead of Vitalogy, who might be the most talented horse in here. He was just ridiculously wide at Keeneland last time out and still kept coming. But Vitalogy is really hurt by the cutback to one mile and his one-dimensional style. I see the Ford decorated in theater getting first run on the five Vitalogy, and the two-structure can improve for Chad Brown. All right. Then we get to the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which is the Phillies um, going a mile and a 16th. What's your thoughts in this race? Well, Santini, the main track, uh, played better the speed and uh, even the inside path or two on Sunday, the last day of racing there, than it had in the uh, previous uh, few days there. Uh, actually, for a lot of the meet, off-the-pace horses have been very live, and outside paths have been best, and the track has played deeper than it has been in a very long time with slower times. I think uh, British Idiom is strictly the one to beat. She is the likeliest winner. She should be favored, even though she isn't on the morning line. She got a good pace set up going long at Keeneland last time out. Wrote a bias also, but I love the way she was able to hang close 
uh, get a little bit of pace stunk, and still finish well. However, I'm looking at a long shot uh, in KP Freeman. Uh, she has a late developing pedigree. She's going to be better next year with maturity and more distance, but I like the way she's improved incrementally all season this year with more racing, with longer races. She was against pace and bias in the chandelier, could not quicken with the leaders in that race. But the fractions here, I think, are going to be decelerating late on the turn into the stretch. That's going to keep her in the game. And I think KP Dreamit has a shot at a big price to wear them down. British Idiom is the likeliest winner. Perfect alibi is consistent and slowly getting better for Mark Cassie, who races his horses into shape. And Donovan Lodge, stretching out with very little foundation, but tons of talent, might be the best of the speed. All right. Then you have two-year-old fillies on the turf going a mile. How about that race? This race is really wide open. There are no superstars in it. There's a good number of pace elements, and some of them are Europeans. Uh, I think someone's going to rally and win. A big nut uh, is a top European. She reportedly had reproductive, reproductive system issues when she ran poorly two back, uh, but done nothing wrong otherwise. It's really positive the way she transitioned, tactically stretching out to a mile last time out. When she went shorter, she made big-time accelerative moves from well off the pace, but she was more tactical going long. That's really promising. I think she's the horse to beat, but my pick is Dar Yeh, uh, who's ultra-consistent. She's tactical as well as well-rested. Uh, this is her third race off a layoff try. She's going for her first grade one score. She has just enough pedigree, by my estimation, to stretch to one mile. I like the two races of seven furlong foundation building up to this in this form cycle. And she might be the type of horse who needs to get her grade one score now rather than next year. I think she's the now Philly, and I think her connections know it, using it with the Albigna, uh, Chris Belays, an American who will finish really well, and Shadin, a European who might be better going shorter but has a pedigree that says long. All right, so that takes care of that. Uh, now we get to the two-year-old uh, Colts and a race that will have a lot to say about the Derby. Now, Maxfield beat Governor Morris, who is not here, in the in the uh, race in Keeneland. Uh, but and Maxfield re- is scratched. Uh, he, he oh, oh he is? Foot. I didn't realize oh, yeah. that. Yes, oh, he's wow. gone. And he's right. really, really good. But a horse who's super mature right now physically He's fantastic now, but he's the type of horse they may catch up to next year. Wow, so he's out. Okay, so how do you see this race now with him out? Well, I see this race with two pace elements. In Baffert's uh, Colt Eight Rings and Dennis's Moment, who is a Colt who uh, Dale Romans has loved from day one. Uh, Dennis's Moment rated last time out. First time going two turns, but he got a nice outside trip behind speed horses that weren't in his lick. Now, though, he's on the rail, he's going to have eight rings outside of him. I don't see much opportunity for him to take back. Eight rings is a nice horse. I think he's going to get better next year, but he's not anywhere close to being the best of the Stafford two-year-olds that we've seen all through the years. And Dennis's moment has the look to me, Mike, of another horse who is really there right now mentally and physically. Uh, he's a man among boys, or at least he was a month ago. Kind of reminds me of a California horse named Bolt Dora, who uh, was favored in this race yep. a couple of years ago. But they caught up to Bolt Dora in a month. A month is five years in human uh, time with the way these young horses develop. They caught up to Bolt Dora last year. I didn't think there's a chance to catch up to Dennis's moment this year. And I don't like where he is relative to where eight rings is and relative to the way the Santa and the Trappist played. Those two are going to get tons of action. 
but I really like Scabbard to beat them. He's progressed beautifully from race to race, and as the distances have increased, I love the guts, the athleticism, the acceleration he showed when he sliced through to win his debut at Churchill going six furlongs in June. Winning six furlongs in June that early in the year is significant for a young horse. Really indicates genuine stamina. He had trip issues when he was second at Saratoga to the very physically mature, the super physically mature Greenlight Go, who was the best two-year-old in the country at that time. Uh, Greenlight Go, too, ran really well subsequently in the Champagne. He finished second in that race. He was hard used. He was on a dead rail. So that race looks really good. Now, last time Scabbard ran against Dennis's moment at Churchill. Uh, he was making a move on the second turn. He was stopped cold at a critical time. Could have given up. He did not. He kept on trying. He kept on coming. Yes, Dennis's moment was not all out to the wire. But really, for the most part, these horses are giving you everything they have. Maybe an all-out effort on the rider is going gonna, is gonna to help them by a neck or maybe even a half length. But I think Scabbard's finish against Dennis's moment was really relatively, relatively reflective of how good they were against each other at that time. And Scabbard had trouble, whereas Dennis, this moment, did not have a straw in his path. I think Scabbard could get a really good setup here. I like him in a smaller field with less traffic. I think with one hard run, he's the horse who's going to upset this field. And I think Dennis's moment in eight rings could be vulnerable underneath. I'm going to try to slip in a new door who's only making a second lifetime start, never been on dirt, but he's bred for it. And this horse has upside. He's going to be a big price. Maybe if the two favorite stool, he can get up for second. Who's the right now, Brad, in your mind? We're talking with Brad Thomas, Breeders' Cup. This was the culmination of the Friday part of it. Who's the best two-year-old in the country right now in your mind? I think right now you have to say Maxfield is the best two-year-old in the okay. country. Uh, I love where he was physically in early October. I don't know if uh, any... Buddy in here would have been able to catch up to him physically in that time. Uh, he had things his own way in that Keeneland race, but he was so dominant, so strong, strided so beautifully that I don't see anybody in here being able to beat him. He was a mature 24-year-old against 16-year-olds. Did you like Governor Morris as a horse going forward? Yes, Governor Morris will get better and better uh, with time and with experience. Uh, I love the way he ran at Saratoga. Uh, the race uh, in Keeneland, he just had a bad post and really couldn't get involved. Uh, he's a horse who, unlike Max Field, who really can sustain a long run from off the pace. I think Governor Morris is going to be better sitting closer and grinding along. He's not an accelerator. He's a galloper. When he's able to get that type of trip, and he'll be able to get it more easily as he matures and becomes handier and more aware of what's going on around him as he matures, He's going to be a horse with real upside. Uh, Maxfield, he's physically there right now, so how much better is he going to be? All right, let's get to Saturday. Here we go. We got Brad. We'll go through all of them, and then we'll zero in on a couple of the big races, but we'll go quickly through a couple of the others. First, we start with the Breeders' Cup Philly in Mass Sprint, seven furlongs on Saturday. Your thoughts there, Brad? Kofifi is a flat-out freak. She's super fast, but also rateable. She's going to have to go, though, from the one post. Uh, she is a horse who has regressed in the past off similar type rest. Uh, she did it when she ran against Older the last time. Uh, she has to do it again here. She's going to be a sure price. She's the likeliest winner, but I think she's worth taking a shot against. The 
come dancing is the likeliest winner, I think, sitting a trip behind the speed because there is a lot of speed that's going to take a shot at Kofifi, and if the rail doesn't play really, really well, she could be vulnerable. Come dancing has really gotten tons better just kind of out of nowhere, but she's beaten second and third Raiders. Uh, three back, she didn't finish second going a mile and 16th, which is too far for her against the undefeated this year, Midnight Bisu, who's going to be 1-10 to 10 practically to win the distaff. Uh, come dancing is going to finish really well, and I think she's actually the likeliest winner by a tad uh, against Kofifi. But a horse I'm looking at at a big price is Lady Ninja, who's a 600-hitter lifetime at Santa Anita. She's been vastly improved in the last six months as a fully mature five-year-old mare with a pedigree that I really love for seven furlongs, but she's never run this distance in her life. Uh, but her races, both her longer races and her shorter races, really give an indication to me that seven furlongs is perfect for her. And again, that's what her pedigree says. When you see multiple things in PPs and in pedigree that say something to you about a horse, that's when you have to pay attention. She's game, she's versatile, she sustains long runs despite wide trips like she did three back, and she's going to fight through traffic like she did last time in the L.A. Woman. She's not the likeliest winner, but I think she has a shot at a big price, certainly at the very least to be on the board. Uh, come dancing, Fifi underneath her. The only other horse who I see being involved in the exotics here is Spice Perfection, who uh, will get a pace set up and like seven furlongs. I think you can really play around in the uh, in-race gimmicks in the uh, Philly Mare Sprint. All right, how about the, uh, the turf sprint, uh, which is five furlongs, uh, in, in, which will be the second race on the court, and it is a uh, loaded field. I mean, 14 horses in the race. It really is. I wish the 12 Gulf Bar Bay drew better. Uh, she's run well fresh recently. Nobody is better in big spots in California than trainer Peter Miller. Uh, she ran lights out going too far at Belmont last time versus World of Trouble, who was the best North American turf sprinter in the world at the time. Before that, she finished second going too far, six furlongs against Blue Point, who was the best turf sprinter in the world, period. Uh, Belvoir Bay is dangerous at a price, and she can work on a trip from the 12 post. The three, infamous, is a five furlong firm turf horse has monster acceleration on his best day. I think the trip to Royal Ascot earlier this year kind of messed him up. He's been cycling back, been uh, hurt by pinned-to-the-inside uh, trips in his last two. He gets five furlongs here. If this horse is ready to fire his A game and can extract himself from the inside in a big field, he's dangerous at a price. Uh, I don't have full confidence he will, though. I think the four Shecky Shabazz, won't be the favorite, but is the likeliest winner. He's a four-year-old with only three career turf starts. He's paired up grade one figures going longer. In his first two starts for a trainer, Jason Service, who's the best trainer of turf sprinters in the game, he cuts back to five furlongs. And this race does not have a ton of early speed for a five-furlong race. His primary pace competition is likely going to be the venerable pure sensation, who I think has lost a half step and is better at parks right now than he is at any other track. Shecky Shabazz, what a sprint pedigree by Cape Blanco, a router, but one who had major league early foot for a distance turf horse and is by Galileo out of a Red Ransom mare. Red Ransom was a super two-year-old and got hurt before he could prove himself at three, but was by Roberto, one of the great turf and speed influence that you're going to find in the world. I think Shecky Shabazz is going to improve big time. Going to use him with a premise, Belvoir Bay, Eddie Haskell, pure sensation, totally boss. you got to spread underneath here. All right, and then we get to the – we're talking with Brad uh, Thomas on the Breeders' Cup. This is on Saturday now. We have the uh, Dirt Mile um, 
again, a, uh, you know, a, um, well, not a great race, but might be an interesting race. What's your thought? Well, Omaha Beach uh, right. runs in this race rather than the Classic. He wasn't right. able to come around quickly enough to have the foundation to run a mile and a quarter. His people were thinking about coming back in the sprint, but why would you do that? The horse is already a grade one winner going nine furlongs and a grade one winner going six furlongs. You're going to make him a stallion next year. You win a grade one at a mile. So he runs the entire table there, and your advertisement says grade one winner long, grade one winner short, grade one winner in between. So this is the right spot for him. Uh, he showed his talent coming back uh, in the grade one sprint last time out off a layup and not fully cranked, ran down the really good three-year-old sprinter, Shams a lot. But he wasn't fully fit. If I know trainer Dick Mandela, that race was a bridge to the Breeders' Cup race. And I think Mandela was surprised that Omaha Beach was able to win it. Maybe he's such a talent that he can come off that big exertion, off the bench, off the throat surgery, and still move forward. But I think he's going to regress regardless of how well he worked last week. I'm picking a horse who is, I think is going to win or finish last. And he's three-year-old spun to run. He could be the now horse or the nothing horse, but he showed real class finishing third in the Haskell at Mom's Park behind Maxim Security and Mucho Gusto when he was coming off an almost four-month layoff and had never run against horses of that quality before. He showed the heart of a real star when he beat the red-hot Gray Magician subsequently at Parks. Gray Magician passed him in the stretch, looked like he was going to open up, spun to run, came back on him and nailed him. He was hung way too wide and out to dry on short rest in the Pennsylvania Derby, but he still kept trying. You've got to watch the try in this horse. The races are worth saying. This horse gives you everything he had. He then obliterated decent older horses last time out uh, at Parks. A uh, big figure and a legitimate figure. And note how less competitive the good hard-hitting older horse forewarned was against Fun to Run, vis-a-vis how well he had run previously against Colfront, who's also entered in this race. Fun to Run gets a big jockey change to Arad Ortiz, one of the three or four best North American riders, and if he can ship and return on short rest, and he just may be so hot right now he can, this horse can explode. His acceleration on dirt last time out was truly striking. All right, so Spun to Run, who behind him? Behind him, I'm going to go with the nine Diamond Oops, who I wish was running in the sprint, Mike. Uh, I don't know why he's uh, going the mile, but he runs great turf to dirt. He ran great going a mile at Keeneland last time out, hard used against pace and bias. Uh, he's going to have to finish here. He's never come from off the pace going a mile uh, in his life. If he is able to finish, though, he could be a big factor. Omaha Beach is strictly the one to beat, though. All right. Uh, the, uh, the Breeders' Cup... Uh, Philly turf, mile and a quarter uh, for the ladies. What's your thought? Uh, hard race. Sister Charlie, true monster. Uh, she showed her real class winning on off turf, really off turf, which she may not really like as much as firm turf at Churchill Downs in 2018. Uh, she consistently produces sustained acceleration going 10 furlongs against top competition. But I did not love her flower ball last time out. At one to five odds, it might have been a bridge race to get to this race. She was coming off a 57-day break. But I just saw something that when you watch these horses over and over again, you really get a feel for what you expect to see from them. And I did not see the type of final 16th dominance out of her 
that I usually see. Perhaps that's a sign that uh, she's tailing off. Uh, after her, it's hard to get a real feel for it. Fleeting is consistently trouble-prone, uh, but she always fires. The firm ground will help her, but I think a mild race would help her even more. Uh, Iridesa, another Euro, has upside in only her second mile a quarter start, but I'm not fully convinced that a mile a quarter is her best game. Uh, still, I like her tactical ability. Uh, I like her firm turf ability. Uh, Mississippi was gaining on Sister Charlie late, uh, but her Euro fuel form, and even that race, say a mile and a half is better for her. Vasilika has won 11 in a row at Santa Anita, but they haven't been against top-class competition. The California Philly and Mare turf prop is nowhere close to the best. Villa Marina is an improving three-year-old Euro who's a mile and a quarter specialist. She's tactical. She likes firm ground. Uh, she would not have beaten Fleeting, though, last time out of Fleeting, did not get into trouble. She has to come back on relatively short rest and she's making her ninth star of the year, that could be a little bit much. Fanny yeah. Logan is but Fanny Logan is who I'm picking. Like, uh, I would love her if she drew better. I hate the 12 post for her. She did not class up, though, with star catcher, the best 3 off Philly in Europe, and Sweden going a mile and a half in June, but she's been vastly improved since then when she's focused on mile and a quarter races like this race is and being allowed to develop and build confidence against Weaker by John Gosden. You think about John Gosden in Europe, think about Dick Mandelo in the United States. Old school, developing horses the right way. Now, Fanny Logan is going to need a trip from the 12 post, but with the long run to the first turn and Sister Charlie's rabbit, Bayes, opening up, she has a chance to get it. I love the way she's dominated Weaker, and now Gosden goes for the juggler for the grade one and the big money with a horse who hasn't had to race as hard as some of the others. With fleeting with Sister Charlie, Iridesa, and Villa Marina. All right, the Breeders' Cup Sprint, and there's a couple of very impressive splits. I, I, I'm surprised that Chancellor has gotten beat his last couple after the freak race. Um, you got him, you got Matoli, you got obviously Imperial Hint. I mean, this is a very talented group here, these sprinters. It is really good, and perhaps the speed horses are too talented uh, for their own benefit. Who's uh, the fastest of all in your mind? Who's the fastest of all the horses? Chancelot is. That's what if I figured. Chan- That's what I figured. If he sends hard with everything he has, he has a chance to clear. Perhaps Matoli is going to attempt to allow him to do that and then swing around him. But that can be chancy because you never know what outside forces will be exerting pressure on you and preventing from getting out and uh inheriting that prime target position. Do you like a closer in this race, or do you like someone on the front? I like someone sitting right off of Matoli and Chancelot. Chancelot, I don't think, is going to get back to that Saratoga-Amsterdam race anytime soon. And uh, even though the strategy was to get him acclimated to Santa Anita last time out, I think he would have been better served coming into this race off a two-month layoff, giving him more time to recover. Matoli, as good as he is, uh, and he's really good, He's the best dirt sprinter in the world. I think he is a tad better going seven furlongs in one mi- or one mile when he around one turn when he can go just a little bit slower early. I think Chancellor, regardless of when Mitoli sits relative to him, is going to force him to move a little bit more quickly than his, his comfort zone for the first quarter. I really like Imperial Hint in this race, Mike. He's running it the last two years. In 2017, he was on the lead on a dull rail. Uh, at Santa Anita, ran really well. Last season, he had the wrong trip on a Churchill Downs track. He's never liked. Uh, he's best pressing the pace. 
ball outside, on top of the pace, but not on it, and with outside position in the clear. He got that trip two back in the Vanderbilt, and he freaked with a lifetime best. Last time in the Vosburg, he was on the lead. It was a prep race. He wasn't fully cranked. He still came again to beat Ferenzi Fire, one of his foes here. But Ferenzi Fire is once better at Belmont than he did, than he is anyplace else. Imperial Hint coming again to beat him at Frenzy Fire's home track is significant. I think Imperial Hint is going to get the pace set up to his inside. Uh, he's going to get the outside position he wants. He's going to get the target he wants. It's really tactically his race to win if he's good enough, and his best race to me is good enough. All right, behind him, who do you like? Behind him, it's got to be Matoli because he's just the best horse. I'm going to take a shot with Whitmore deeper underneath because he will good finish. Good closer. Yeah, good closer. Yeah. Yeah. And that, Catalina Cruiser, really good horse. Hate the one post. He's about 18 hands and 1,800 pounds. Not a good place for him. When he won from the one post early in his career, he was able to make the lead. He's not making it Saturday. Uh, and if this horse was doing great. He'd run in a mile. That's a better distance for him. All right. The uh, turf mile. Um, what's your thoughts on this race? It's unbelievably difficult, Mike. It's going to be decided by the interaction between pace and trip, and both of those things are completely inscrutable in a 14-horse field with entrance coming from everywhere. To me, it's truly a race where you can't worry too much about that because you don't know what the heck is going to happen. Uh, you don't take a short price. Who's the uh, horse to beat in your mind? Oh, it's by a whisker, got stormy, if only because she moves up on firm ground. She's consistent. Uh, she's probably going to get some pace to attack. She's pretty well posted. Uh, the knock on her, though, is she's only run the one race that's truly dominant relative to a lot of her foes. That's the four-star Dave. And in that race, she got a great setup and trip. I mean, the race fell into her lap. She had to run fast and hard, yes. But relative to that, everything came together for her in the right way. And I don't think that's all going to come together for her here. Circus Maximus is the top European on PPs. Uh, but he was all out to win those two uh, grade one European miles. Did it against average fields. Uh, he's rested and he's tactical. And those are positives. I think he's better on giving ground than the really firm ground he's going to get at Santa Anita. Uh, a horse like a LeCullen is an improving firm turf American horse. He's a grinder. He was too far back early in the Woodbine Mile when they went really fast and he lost contact. Uh, he ran a mile and eighth in New York last time and won. He comes back here on short rest, stepping up in class. That says to me he really wasn't pointing for this race. It was kind of an afterthought. It was, hey, he's doing good. Let's take a shot. But this horse is getting better if he's aggressively ridden early and he's athletically capable enough to get mid-pack rather than coming from far back. I think he's dangerous at a price. He's a grinder, but he needs position. Space Traveler is a three-year-old European uh, who I like the way he stepped up his game on the stretch out. He's only stretched late in the season. He's gotten better when he did it. Uh, he's rested. Looks like he's pointed for this, but the rest he's had looks, looks like they said, wow, he's, he's, he's better going longer. Let's point for the mile. Uh, but I don't know if he has another forward move, and I don't know if he has quite the burst he's going to need. Without Parole's a wild card, 
first-time U.S. off a five-month layoff, first-time Chad Brown, first-time Lasix, Euro grade one mile winner, uh, like Sperm Perk. Uh, you don't, you see Chad Brown a lot of times be pretty conservative with some of these Euro imports. This horse running in this spot, I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's an owner move. I don't know if Chad Brown says, wow, this horse is doing great. He's ready to go. I don't know what to do with him. Uh, Uni has benefited from virtual pace meltdowns in her signature victories. She's not going to get it here. Uh, she did win from an outside draw against Phillies in California last year when well set up. Uh, this race is tougher, though, and she's not going to be set up as well. I wound up with Trey Flores, who's not the likeliest winner by a, by a long shot, but I think he is a long shot with a real chance. He finished second at age three in a grade one mile on firm turf behind international superstar Thunder Snow, who's won the Dubai World Cup like 19 times in a row. Since then, Trey Flores has jumped around between all different distances and surfaces. He's rested here. He always, throughout his career, from the time he was a first-time starter, has excelled fresh. And he's finally going to get both the glib ground and the one-mile distance he prefers. Uh, he's going to be a million-to-one. I think he has a real chance. I'm going to use him with Lucolin, Space Traveler, Got Stormy, Circus Maximus. This, war, this race is open to real chaos. Wide open. All right, the 10th race, uh, the Distaff, a whole home race. What's your thought on that one? I actually like a horse in this race, Mike, and it's not Midnight Bisu. Uh She's going to be very, very hard to beat at a very short price. I right. fully acknowledge that. She was a very good three-year-old, but she's been an exceptional four-year-old. She's gotten handier and more versatile. She's been finishing better and gotten stronger at a mile and a eight. She's the complete package. She's been training superbly all month at Santa Anita. Asmussen is covering all the bases, getting his horses out there to get acclimated and get accustomed to the deepest track there. Uh, she's really good. Uh, look, if the Breeders' Cup Classic was a mile and the 16th, she would have a shot. Uh, in fact, if she was mine, I think I'd run her in the Breeders' Cup Classic. I would take a shot because I don't think the Classic is great. But if she stubs her toe, if something, if she just doesn't fire her A-plus game for whatever reason, her A-minus game for whatever reason, her A-game would probably still win. I think the five Dunbar Road is a horse who is extremely talented as a three-year-old. She has abundant stamina. She has a pedigree and a frame that say she's just going to get better and better with time and experience. She dominated her peers in the spring and summer before really being tested for the first time off a 50-day layoff in her debut against Older in the Spinster. That was the, this is a horse who was having it real easy, and all of a sudden she was in, in against Older Phillies and Mares. She was in an uncomfortable position, stuck inside on a dull rail throughout, unable to get out to her preferred outside attack position. She only got beat by top-class more seasoned in the Classic this year, a late by three-quarters of a length per second. To me, that was a superb and underrated effort for a three-year-old filly against Alder. Uh, she's a horse who, it, it was a race to me that resembled what Carl Napsker used to do with Unbridled, when he would use a tough spot race like that off a little bit of a break as a building block to a forward move the next time. Now, Chad Brown is the best grade one trainer in the country right now, maybe in the world right now. And he is every bit as good second off the layoff as he is fresh. I think Dunbar Road has a huge chance to move forward big time. Maybe she can't beat Midnight Bisu, 
But if that one regresses just a bit, just a bit, I think she has a shot, and I think she's going to beat anybody else in here. And maybe we can do something with exotic bets uh, gotcha. around that. All right. Uh, Ollie's candy before Blue Prize after that. All right. When we go to the next race, uh, this is the horse, the uh, Breeders' Cup turf. I thought this horse is unbeatable, the one horse on the card. Uh, do you think anybody beats Brooks and Mortar? I haven't seen anybody that looks that they have a chance against this horse. Is this horse unbeatable? If it was a mile and three sixteenths, I think I would probably say yes. But this is a mile and a half. He's never been longer than a mile and a quarter. If, when you go from a mile and a quarter to a mile and a half, that quarter mile is... I mean, it might as well be two miles to a human being because that's the difference in the types of races that they can be. I think Bricks and Mortars has been brilliantly managed throughout his career by Chad Brown and brilliantly ridden as well. Uh, it's the perfect uh, collaboration between trainer and jockey in developing in this horse and getting the best out of him. But I think we differ a little bit, Mike, in that I think I don't think this horse is as good as maybe his human managers and directors have helped him appear to be. And that's their job to do. I mean, he's good, but to me, he's not Manila, he's not John Henry, he's not Stage Door Johnny. And again, the mile and a half is everything. Now, this is not a stellar field. And in that regard, maybe in past Breeders' Cup turf races, I would say, I'm not going to use him anywhere because there's just more experienced horses who are really, really good at this distance. But because this field is pretty weak, he does have a shot to win. I can't throw him out. But I'm still going to take a shot against him because I'm not convinced he's going to finish as well as he's been finishing going shorter with the added distance, especially because I don't think he has the pedigree support to do that as well. When I combine the inexperience at the distance with a pedigree that looks a little soft at a mile and a half to me, I think he's vulnerable. I'm certainly putting him on the board, and I can't say I love the other horses in this race. Well, who's your uh, favorite? I, I'm going to pick Old Persian because he's a real mile-and-a-half horse who likes to win, likes to travel, and I think he moves up on Lasix as well. I think he's cycling back to his best form. He went to Dubai earlier this year, won a couple races there, made a lot of money. Uh, now he's getting back into form after that. He's well-rested after testing out Lasix in North America last time out at Woodbine. That race was a public workout. It may not have been the best field, but he was so dominant in that race. Uh, I mean, he could have been running backwards and beaten that field. The post isn't great, and that's the biggest knock for me on him. Uh, but I think this field is going to be spread out enough early that it's going to allow him to get a tuck, maybe not to the rail, but to two wide. And I think he's tactical, so he's going to get first run on most of the other rallies here, including bricks and mortars. Now, bricks and mortars going shorter has always tagged horses like this. He's always gotten up when more tactical horses have gotten first run. But this horse is better than anything bricks and mortars has ever seen. And I think at a mile and a half, he's not going to quit quite as strong. I'm going to use old Persian with bricks and mortars, with Anthony Van Dyke, who's the best on tape at Euro, but beyond his Epson Derby win, both after it and before it, I see some spotty form. And I'm going to try to get Zulu Alpha in here for trainer Michael Maker, who I think is the best American trainer of grass horses in the history of the game. 
horse for horse, race by race. This guy, you know, he improves everything he touches on the turf. Claims from everybody, not really expensive horses, unbelievable. This horse likes tight turn turf horses, and he's going to get it at Santa Anita from the one post. All right, let's get to the classic. We're talking with Brad Thomas. Brad, first of all, Cotabana Vinoroso, as they start their battle again, what did you think of the disqualification? I would not have disqualified Vinoroso. There were three incidents of contact. One of them was completely insignificant. One of them was a case of both horses drifting, Vinoroso coming uh, coming out and Cotabana coming in, so there was no fault there. There was one incident out of the three that uh, Vino Rosso actually was responsible for. And in a horse race like that where everybody is trying their best, asking them to maintain uh, their lanes perfectly is something that I think is beyond the realm of athletic possibility. And I don't think it made any difference in the result. If they had run around again, Vino Rosso still would have won that race. If Cotabana was good enough, he would have fought through it and gotten up. That's what athletes do. They fight through contact. We see it all the time in every sport. Uh, a couple of things about the classic. We have those two back, and they have the outside posts. You have War of Will, who has danced every dance this year. You have a late the mayor trying the field. So you have all that. So where do you, uh, where, considering all the storylines, Vinarosa versus Code of Honor, the, fill, the mayor trying the field a late, and then, of course, uh, War of Will, who has danced every dance. Owen Dale, who, if he had ever finished second in the Preakness, I would have made a fortune. Uh, finished third, uh, nine wide, killed me that day. But uh, all right, So where are you going in this race? Well, I see a lot of pace elements. I see horses who are going to be uh, moving early, moving middle, moving late. Uh, War of Will with blinkers on is a horse who is hard to control without the blinkers. He's inside the other speed, doesn't like to be inside. I think he's a wild card, What he's, how he's, he's going to affect everybody else in the race. But the only thing he can do is try to go for the lead. And after that, you're going to have a number of horses just laying right off of a higher power, McKenzie, Mongolian groom, Dino Rosso. Dino Rosso is going to take the worst of it because I don't see how he avoids a very wide trip and one in which he's going to have to make multiple incremental moves. I don't think War Will is good enough at this stage of his life, and I think he's over-the-top form-wise, so I think he's going to peel off relatively quickly. I don't think higher power is good enough. He just freaked the one time at Del Mar. McKenzie is a horse who has been pointed for this race his entire life. He's training really well for it, but it's all he can do to get a mile and an eighth. A mile and a quarter, I think, is, is, is too much ground for him. And I really don't like the way this horse was swishing his tail last time out when Mongolian Groom, yes, Mongolian Groom, at 25 to 1, put him away in the awesome again. I'm sorry, I'm not a believer in McKenzie after that. Mongolian Groom isn't good enough. He's Are you going to wind up on Owendale here? No, I'm not, because I don't think he's good enough either. Uh, Code of Honor... Uh, Vino Rosso is up against it. Code of Honor, you know, he, what a masterpiece of a training job by Shug McGee with Code of Honor. A horse who, in other hands, would have run in the Preakness and been gutted after that race and probably never been seen again this entire year. Instead, in Shug McGee's hands, this horse comes back and becomes the dominant summer three-year-old, winning the Dwyer, the Travers, and then the Jockey Club All Cup via disqualification. But, New York-based three-year-olds have a poor record shipping to California all through the years going back to Seattle Slough. Seattle Slough did it, yep, absolutely. And 
you're Shug McGahee, and one day, 20 years from now, Mike, you and Shug will be hanging out at Saratoga, and maybe he'll start talking about this. You're Shug. I'm believing that you want to win the Travers. You want to win the Jockey Club Gold Cup as a three-year-old. That is big time for you, and you point at this horse and hone him to win those two races. After that, and you win the Jockey Club Gold Cup, you got to go to the Breeders' Cup if your horse is healthy. But is that really what McGahee has been pointing this horse for? And is there really something left? So that's my knock on him. The horse I'm winding up with, Mike, is the horse I picked in this race last year, Yoshida, who ran a great race, was never in position to win that race, kept coming to the end, didn't have the final burst that he needed to get up. But I like the way he's developed since then. He was a new dirt horse for the Classic last year at Churchill. He'd been on turf for most of the early part of his career. After that race, in the first half of this year, his internationally-minded owners, guys who really who are promoting their business venture and owning these horses, they went back to turf for the inaugural Pegasus Turf Invitational at Gulfstream. Big day, big-time race, forcing him to run on turf. You need to run on that day. Then they went to Dubai for the Dubai World Cup. Now, I'm not a fan of American horses who aren't like the top, top cream of the crop going to that race. But the second half of the year, it seems to basically have been given to Bill Mott. This is a trainer's time for you, Mott. You're pointing this horse for a return to the Breeders' Cup. The owners kind of may have dictated what happened the first half. Second half, that's up to you, Mott. Get him ready. Well, this horse got ready. He ran the two best figures he ever ran on dirt in his life at Saratoga, a track he loves. He was the best finisher in those races by far, going shorter. He then stayed at Saratoga, a track he loves to train. And that's really significant when a horse loves the track he's training over. That gets him fit. That keeps him healthy. Now, Yoshida is fresh off a two-month layoff in a race that could have relay team-type pace pressure in front of him. I see all these in-the-mix pace horses who are all stacked on top of each other, taking turns pressuring each other. I think Yoshida can make the last run and can get up at the wire this year. I think he'll be better at a mile quarter this year than last year. Yeah, who do you like behind them? I like a late behind him. Who so you got a mod, you got a mod exacta. Exactly. A late, maybe she, she could not be Midnight Bisu going shorter, but at a mile a quarter, she's a different horse. She doesn't have the acceleration to be able to handle Midnight Bisu going an intermediate distance, but she can grind forever. And she's going to get first run on Yoshida. I wouldn't be surprised if she's a half length in front passing the eight pole in this race because she's going to be in perfect position behind all that speed, getting first run on the closers. And she maybe you can make a case she's not as good as she was last year, or you could make a case that she just ran into an unstoppable force in Midnight Bisu. Jose Ortiz is on her again. He knows her really well. And the thing about her late that strikes me, Mike, that workout at Churchill Downs on October 19th, it is blazing fast. That is very un-Bill Mott-like. It is very un-Elate-like. It says to me that this horse was doing great, and Mott said, I need to get to the bottom of you for the biggest race of your life. I think that work is really significant, and this horse has continued to train lights out and is getting raves for her appearance. Interesting. All right, a couple of things before you go. Number one, and I know I've had you on a long time. Number one, 
Uh, European horses, will they be dominant on the turf in California? Will they be so-so? What are you expecting? I think the Americans will do better in the two-year-old races on turf than one might expect, but I think the Europeans will be very hard to beat on Saturday. All right, and how do you think the track will play? I don't think it will change much from last week. I think uh, people are reacting to circumstance. Uh, the perception is a slower track is better. Uh, for horses, though, that is not true at all. A safe, uniform, consistent track is what's best for horses, but the outward perception is slower is better, so I think it will be slow. And the way it's played for most of the meter, a lot of it at least, has been rallyers have had a real chance, more of a chance than they have in the past at Santa Anita, particularly in two-turn races. And on many days, the inside couple pairs have not been the, place to be, the best place to be. I don't really see that changing. All right. Thanks very much, Brad. Appreciate it very much for going through everything. Uh, thanks. Uh, uh, enjoy the weekend. My pleasure. I look forward to working the Breeders' Cup cards at the Meadowlands. Thank you. Brad will be at the Meadowlands working the Breeders' Cup cards, as you heard. Uh, so that's where you can find them back after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 